Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John meets an archaeologist and steals gasoline. Meanwhile, I ponder Halloween candy bowl etiquette and give the telltale signs of a bad hotel room. Plus a conversation about creativity and how to know when it's time to stop editing your work. Today's episode is not sponsored by Blackout Drapes. Let the neighbors know you've updated your privacy policy. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Johnny is the Banter Town crew, and you can be too. Let's talk about that. Yes. It's the, this is the the day, this is the first day of Christmas, right? Season. Because it's the last, Halloween was yesterday. Right. So this is when the Christmas music, this is when the insufferable people in your life break out the Christmas music right now. I thought that was the day after Thanksgiving. No. Because there's no Thanksgiving music, so they just go ahead and kick in now. I'm talking about those people. I'm not talking about the normals. You know we have a tree up. No, you don't. We do. Already? It's the fall tree. We do it. She does a Dude, it's amazing. She does a fall tree. And here's the good news for me. Now I've already wrestled that huge tree out of the attic, and it's already up. All I have to do is take the fall decorations back up in and bring the Christmas stuff down. But... It's really nice. We have this we have this spot in our living room mm-hmm. that nothing else really fits but the trees. So mm-hmm. fall tree, man. No. Shout out to my wife. One day I'm going to get you to say something negative about Laura. No, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to happen, Johnny. I have because I know nothing. you. I know you think negative things, and one day I'm going to get you to be like, God, if she brings that tree out one more time. <laughs> You're like, oh, we're rolling, and then it'll just be. <laughs> I love the tree. I know you do, John. The tree is. Um, it's fine. I don't know why you're such a hater. I'm not a hater at all. Um, I'm just... You know, she is better than you, so... Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even talking about that. <laughs> okay, so, we, Curry and I went out to dinner last night, as is our custom on Halloween, because we're the people who hide from the trick-or-treaters. You turn all your lights off and just... No, we... Here's what we did, though. Ugh. We left the bowl of candy. Wow. They're not a, animals, Johnny. On a table in the house, so we could have it when we got back. No. <laughs> We put it on the table and put that table on our little stoop. And put that stoop on your... Oh. Yeah. And so, and we didn't even put a sign this year that said, take one. You know, we assume that there's an honor system implied. Wow. But my suspicion is, and we're, I haven't looked at the ring doorbell footage, but my suspicion is that the first kid came and went, yoink, and yeah. dumped the bowl into their bag. Good. And you know what? I don't care. How do you feel about the honor system when it comes to candy? Like, do you have expectations that a kid should be? Is that a moment? Like, if Sadie was to do something like that, would you be like, Sadie, 
Sadie Driver. You took candy from other kids. Yeah, I wouldn't let her take it all. You wouldn't? No. But what if you found out she had? Would you give her a talking to? Probably. Do people still give talking tos? Honey. Or is honey, it, talk, you honey. Is it talkings, well, talkings to? You mentioned my daughter and honey. I called you honey. <laughs> is it talkings to? Is it like, uh, what is it, uh, attorneys general? Is it like talkings to or is it talkings, talkings to? to? I like talkings to. Yeah. I think that'd be correct. Uh, yes, all I do is talkings to. If you to. ever get a talkings to from attorneys general. Oh, whew, my goodness. You've, you've done something wrong. Attorneys general. So you you would tell her, though, you'd be like, that was, we're going back to that house uh, somewhere. Maybe. Could make so, a, a Katie, moment. I went to dinner with our friend Katie. Uh, who's uh, the administrator of the church. Uh, and so she uh, was telling a story about a video, and it's of this guy doing like a sociology experiment with a candy bowl. He puts the bowl of candy out, yeah. and the sign just says, just leave some Three Musketeers for my wife. They're her favorite. Nice. But there's no Three Musketeers in the bowl. Oh. And so like after a while, some people start rooting around. And they're like, oh, cool. We can take anything but Three Musketeers. And then one kid goes, there's no Three Musketeers left for his wife. And they took Three Musketeers out of their bag Come and on. put it in the bowl. Isn't that amazing? And you said America was going downhill, Johnny. I've been saying it for years. <sighs> Not anymore. That's Candy right. will save us. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would uh, I would. I would, would you tell me this. Would you... Here, here, let me give you an example. Okay. Last night, we're eating. We're at a restaurant. And they had the whole a good Halloween place. decor. And they had a bucket of candy, and it said, you know, spooky snacks or whatever. And it was like, for kids, I guess, that would come out with their parents to take it. But it was way up on a high thing. But it's good stuff. There's like lint, uh, like truffles, and like a a huge candy (laughs) bar. There's There's lint. lint. There's lint. I ate lint, John. I thought that was cotton candy. No. You know, lind, you know, the... L I N D T lint. It's Not like a really. Sponsor. It's a high end chocolate bar. Is it? I think the commercials oh, act like it's high end. A full chocolate bar of okay. this stuff, and it was in the bucket. A bag of Kit Kat individually wrapped, like a bag unwrapped. And I was just like, and Curry goes, "What are you doing? That's for kids." I go, "I ate here, right?" And I took I took a couple things. Well, of course. But anyway, I just wonder, like, if you were, if you're out. What was your policy? Do you remember the bowl people? Were you, was it when you trick or treated, was there a bowl person or was that not a thing? Most of the time they would come to the door. Yeah. Um, They'd say, what are you supposed to be? Right. By the way, my my wife sent me something that said, um, overachieving, overachieving children are dressing up this year. And so when someone asks, like, uh, oh, yeah. what are you supposed to be? Yeah, yeah, like, I was, I was supposed, supposed to be a lot, lot of things. things. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I would be like, hey, take your take what you're supposed to take and yeah. share and all the stuff. I That's mean, nice. Yeah, I mean, although we could get pretty savage on stuff. I mean, if there's an opportunity, uh-huh. Johnny, I, I'm a rule bender. You know, it's just I remember a moment. Well, let me let me give you an example of one that I've done. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I don't think it's wrong, but it's not right. Some mm. things are r- not wrong. But they're not right. Right. This is you confessing for uh, the things. Uh, okay. Here's what happened. That you have done and you've left undone. Yes. Right. A sin of omission and commission. Mm. Uh, I'm at a hotel and I get in and I'm exhausted because I've been traveling all day and I just want to like draw the blackout curtains and go to sleep. And there is, I realize that there's cleaning crews going up and down the hallway. And I notice that there's no do not disturb sign in my room to okay. put on the door. And I'm like, <sighs> you should start carrying one of those in your bag. Well, here's what happened. I look across the hall. There's one on the door. <laughs> no, you did not right across from me. <laughs> and I thought, so I grabbed it and I put it on wow. my door. And so I don't know if it's, here's what it is. 
that guy may have gotten like a knock, but it's not like I cost him money or I just wow, you cost I caused, him sleep. I caused him to be harassed. What if he maybe. has like a medical condition and needed? Like if he wakes up, he's out of hibernation and he <laughs> he, he can't a get back. Rest. <laughs> he can't get back. Oh my gosh, Johnny! Uh, You're a monster. I am. Yeah. Right. But I remember you telling me a story. I don't want to expose you because oh, after, wow, after you've this? come down with me, but I remember you telling me a story one time about how you rented a car on a trip with Laura and you were like, and the gas needle never moved, even though we'd driven it, you know, up and down wherever. And so we just returned it. And I was like, John, what are you doing? It was full. It wasn't full. Johnny, it was full. It's not full. You used gas. And I said, John, you didn't screw over the car company. You screwed over the next person to rent. And you go, yeah, you're right. Because the needle's going to move. Like when they're pulling out, then it's going to, it's going to go to, yeah. Johnny, I was a different guy Don't, back then. Were you? John, this was last week. No, it wasn't. It was a while, but. I don't. I, I I do recall that, Senator. I think you've um, done it more than once, and you're no. like, "Which time was it?" <laughs> <laughs> I usually drive far enough that it moves. I, that just means I drove. Sometimes to, these companies require a receipt because of people like you. Because if wow. you drive, if you drive less than seventy five miles, they go, "We need a gas receipt" because they want to know that you're not one of those can't they just, not fill it up people. Yeah, yeah. Do you always fill up on your own? Yeah, because otherwise they'll charge you for a full tank, like ten dollars a gallon or whatever for a full tank. No, no, no. They just charge you for whatever they had to put Are in. But you they sure? charge it. Yeah. Because I was told. I've had it done before. I've had it. I've because had, often I was right now the time. prices are as good there. Yeah, but you have to pre-buy to do that. You have to tell them, I want to buy a half tank of gas. Well, how do you know what you're going to use? Exactly. That's they're the hoping you, you overestimate. We're uh-huh. getting into the weeds now of like rental car stuff. What I'm saying is you're a sinner and it's time to own it. Look, Johnny, I'm a sinner, but mm-hmm. is that's not even the top 10 thing. Do you think it's, it's not, it's not even close. <laughs> Which do you think is worse, listener, rental car, fuel, or stealing the do not disturb sign and appropriating it for your own room? I'm going to tell you, you robbed someone of sleep. But it's because I didn't have, so it's like, okay, if I was, I'm, I'm, I'm Jean Valjean of sleep. I needed bread. Yeah. You have bread. Yeah. I stole your bread. Or you could have just asked was to feed the my people family. who had the cart, hey, can I have another sign? <sighs> Were you too good to like talk to someone who is doing what you consider to be a menial task? Is it? Oh, you think they have signs on the carts? Well, I wouldn't have known to ask. Well, I would not have known to ask a well, car. Isn't that convenient? Now I steal the soaps, but well, no, I'm not, just kidding. I don't steal soaps. Know. I don't like the the hotel stuff. Is awful. It's not great. Here's Unless they you, have the pumps on the wall. Here's how you know you're staying in a dump hotel. By the way, when I started out my comedy career, I stayed in some bed bug ridden places because you just stay cheap places. Days in and the like. Not a sponsor. <laughs> and I realize there's a formulation that you can tell if you're in a dump, in case you're ever wondering. If uh, you are in a hotel and the shampoo is in a sauce packet, like the tear off uh-huh. the corner, it's a packet of ketchup, but yeah. it's shampoo, you are in a dump. This feels like... Get out of there. This feels like you might be a redneck. Like, you could take a hole. You're in a dump if, and you just, yeah. bro. If you! Just yeah. write, like, 70 of these. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the main ones, is you didn't even put a bottle. You just, you put this in a, a mayonnaise packet. You know how I can tell? If I walk in and the toilet paper roll is half gone. Oh, and they didn't refresh. They didn't refresh it. Oh, You're boy. like, man. Yeah. They're trying to even though it. I go to public restrooms, and that's fine. But here, yeah, well, I'm paying for this. Could you spring for a full toilet paper roll? If there's half a roll and there's a guy still in there. Well, that's when you know. That's... Yeah. You're in prison. 
<laughs> you have checked into prison. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. Some extra security at the gate. No, I shouldn't have taken that do not disturb sign. Oh, that's great. They'll prosecute you. They will. They will. Hey, you know what, though? You know what's not disturbing, Johnny? What's that? When we hear a couple words from a few of our sponsors. Okay. Let's do that. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. I listened to our ads last week. And? And they were great. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I was listening to a video from John Acuff, uh, who's a great, I think you would call him a thought leader, John Acuff at this point. Yeah. He's a, I don't like it when people call themselves thought leaders, but yeah. I would call John a thought leader. He's a good speaker, and uh, I like his content. But he was talking about this generation and my generation being in debt, uh-huh. like we have the biggest debt or whatever. And he was like, well, the economy is not great. And he said... We have these phones in our pockets, and every app except for a calculator is trying to sell you something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, he's right. Yeah. Like, even the apps that seem like, oh, it's just Facebook, they're trying to sell you something. There's yeah. ads. There's promoted ads. Any app is just trying to, to get you to stay on the app longer. That's why the news apps are so outrage-inducing. They want you to – they're promoting the app itself. And the longer you stay on that ad, app, an ad might come up. Which is how they sell to the ad, yeah. To whoever's buying the ad, right? They're like, oh, this, this, is our, this is our retention, yeah. yeah. And so, but it is interesting. And uh, I will say this: uh, my calculator tried to sell me no, uh, and I'm upset about it. But I found out something. I've heard about this before, but I did it the other day in the airport. Uh, is a reverse Google search. You ever done a reverse Google search? I'm not. Okay, so it's not like this, a reverse mortgage. Yes. Okay. You your Google pays you money. <laughs> That'd be great. In in Mother Russia, Google searches for you. No. Okay. So, I was wa- standing it, waiting for my plane to go, take off with Curry, and this guy had these Nike tennis shoes on, and I was like, sneakers. I say tennis shoes still. I'm That's old. okay. I was like, I like those. Those are cool. And I was like, I don't even know what they are though. Like, how do I find out? And Curry goes, I think you can just like take a photo of it. And I go, I've heard people do this. It's like, maybe it's easy. So I snap a photo. You can tap on the photo. And one of the options is search image. Yeah. So when you search the image, it pops up a bunch of places where you can buy that shoe. Yeah. And I bought the shoes and I'm wearing them today. Look oh, at this. These are my wow. new Nikes. Hey, like that. That had my to be an case. AI thing, surely. Like it's, I don't uh, know. But I, the reason I used to hear about it is reverse image searches were for people who were being like, I've heard about it for years about catfishing. Like, mm-hmm. okay, somebody's. A woman's in love with me, and this is her photo, and I've never seen her in person, but she's a hottie, and look how nice she is. On the, I've talked to her on the phone, but that's it. Well, you can 
click on that image that's her Facebook photo and find out she's a realtor in San Jose and it's right. that's not the person. That's right. not Genevieve from no, Irving. She that's, has not invited you to England to preach at her church. She has not. Right. And so that's what I've heard about is like doing like some detective work with yeah. Google reverse image search. But this was just like I wanted these shoes and Google's like, We're happy to sell you these shoes. It's ingenious because and by the way, ingenious is the correct Is it? Adjective because it sounds like genius, the opposite. Genius is a noun. So every yeah, time you so say it's not, something, it's so something, to say something's genius, is, a person can be a genius, but they do genius. things that are ingenious. That's correct. A genius is which is when you're the opposite of genius, right? You've, you lack like, genius altogether. Yeah, it's yeah. like amoral. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's an ingenious idea because think about it, 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 Johnny. It's sad, but that, you're saying that because we're in the throes of capitalism. You're like, oh, it's great that we just sell things and buy things I to feel better about ourselves. Well, I didn't say that. I mean, if I had to pick, and I know this, we're saying this coming off of an ad, and I apologize. Yeah, yeah. If I had to pick between capitalism, yes, and say socialism or communism, yes, sure, I would pick capitalism. Well, we have, um, so I'm glad you feel that way. In terms of like, in its purest form, most governments. Okay, I always say this about it. I think I wrote about this in Not So Black and White, Johnny. Oh, man. Do you yeah. quote yourself right now? Hello. Um, <clears throat> I think I remember John Dreyer saying, only a fool quotes himself. If you reverse Google this, <laughs> you will. Um, yeah. No, it, it's like we take the words and make them so scary. And yes, guys, I mean, communist China, communist Russia, certainly North Korea. I mean, these are extremes um, that I... You know, especially man, North Korea. I mean, what a just a, a desperate, despairing place for the people there. Um, but you know, like we do have things within a capitalistic society mm-hmm. that are socialistic in nature, because any sort of something that's provided by the government that you raise taxes for. This is the wrestling since the beginning of our of our nation. How yeah. much power will the government have? And right. Either, is it going to be you know of the people, for the people, by the people, to help the people? Or is it, wow, I think I just created my slogan for running in 2024. County um, commissioner. That's right. Or is it going to develop its own mm-hmm. sort of sense of power, and its own structure and its own needs that now the people are trying to provide for it. So, like, that's the wrestling between yeah. between the left and the right, between, you know... Like a nanny state versus just nobody has any safety nets. Yeah. And people just fall through the cracks because it's like, look, fend for yourself, bootstraps, whatever. And you like, can find so those much, are the two extremes. Yeah, you can find so much data right now yeah. to verify whatever opinion you want to already have. But the truth is, if you drive on a road... yeah. That is a state or federal or local highway. It's socialism. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like they're providing something that everyone's using. Yeah. And they're pulling everyone's resources to do it. I don't it. like it one bit. That's why I don't drive what's on roads. What's wrong with dirt? Yeah. I don't drive. I, I, I drive in the with, ditch right wrong, beside them. What's wrong with dirt is my new country yeah. album that's coming out. Uh, what's wrong with dirt? Yeah. What rhymes with dirt? Um, what rhymes a lot with of things, dude. There's tons of stuff. <laughs> You traveled, uh, speaking of roads and public uh, travel. I did. Weren't you in a city? I was in a city. Okay. Then you got a Next col- question. Colonial Williamsburg? <laughs> yeah, so I got to go uh, do an event we did last year uh, with my friend Reggie Dabbs. You went into the past? I went. You got to go do an event you did last year? I got to do, I got to Man, redo. This is, this is going to be a crazy story. <laughs> there I was. Sp- speaking of, by the way, someone found, I read an article, someone found yeah. a DeLorean with like 50 miles on it what? in someone's barn. Wow. That had been bought and just parked since the 80s. Wasn't, that's where he ditched the DeLorean 
was in a oh, barn after he gosh. remember he pushes it into a barn yeah but and then the it was mint condition except like rat infested and stuff they're going to redo a lot of it but yeah. it's the original anyway what's interesting about DeLoreans though is they're really bad cars right like they're really unreliable cars well, sure and have no horsepower and they were no. just they're just funky looking. they wouldn't get to 88 if no. you needed them to no but at any rate I did okay. not take a Lauren and took an airplane with my wife and so we went and Better. met uh, Reggie for the second year. Mm-hmm. of an event uh, yeah. called Let Freedom Ring. Well, it's an organization called Let Freedom Ring. Yeah. And uh, they call it that, Johnny. It's the first Baptist church, Colonial Williamsburg in Virginia, and the oldest black church in America, yeah. well, at least one of the. And they're excavating the original site there from the um, late 18th century. And, man, it's unbelievable because th- it became a parking lot. Yeah. So they sold it in like the nineteen mid-1900s. And then Colonial Williamsburg, like, paved over it. Mm-hmm. And so in the late 1700s, 60% of the population of Colonial Williamsburg were black, either slaves or black free people. And so there's, I mean, a, a community there, and they're having church, and they're, you know, living lives and having children. And when you think about Colonial Williamsburg over the years, right. uh, it's like you're learning all this history, but it's it's basically – the history of 40% of the people up until like the early 2000s. And so the Colonial Williamsburg Foundation, the College of William and Mary, which is right there, basically they share a campus almost you know, on different ends, a lot of different churches in the area and, and different organizations, Racial the Virginia Institute for Racial Healing is one of the sponsors of this. Like they've been trying to basically unearth and right that wrong to balance the history of the people who founded this town and it's so important. So they went back and they've begun excavating over the last two years, the original site of their church. Yeah. And they have so far uncovered or they've found like 50 graves where, cause it was a church. They were, they were, you know, burying parishioners on their yeah. site and they're going to rebuild that church the, the, to its original spec back on the original property. But it was amazing. We did a, a forum talking about not so black and white. Um, and, which you can get on Amazon. Yeah. Dot com. I mean, it was great. And of course, Reggie's always the best. It's a me and him sit at a table and we had like 25 minute opening sort of comments. And then they had uh, like curated questions for us. And then we took questions from the crowd. It was great. I mean, that's cool. We really, really enjoyed it. We had a great time. Ate a lot. A lot of seafood. You know, enjoyed that time. Took a walking tour of Colonial Williamsburg with like the app. You did know? you get a tricorn hat? I did not. Why not? Do you know the history, by the way, of, of how the tricorn? That, uh, no, of Colonial Williamsburg. You know how it came to be? No. This is really interesting. Okay. So, like, it was just, you know, I mean, I saw the original governor's mansion where Lord Dunmore, the British governor, lived. I mean, it's huge. This is a huge... Lord Dunmore. Yeah. Yeah. That's he should have done more. Yeah, he might have stayed saying. in power. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. <laughs> more like more Lord Dunless. I wonder if they told that joke back Maybe, then. Probably. Anyway, yeah. At any rate... And then after him, Patrick Henry was the, was the first governor of Virginia, and he lived there. And then Thomas Jefferson lived there. I mean, it's oh, like wow. it's a pretty big deal. Um, well, Mont- Monticello, and it's all been right. Uh, and that that's correct, Monticello. Okay, yeah. and so they they like have restored all these buildings. Uh-huh. Some of them are original. They're all an original site, and, and some of them are the original actual buildings. Some they had to rebuild, but it was all just dilapidated in like the early 19th century. And so it was actually a local pastor, yeah, who had went to restore one building and I believe the original church there, the Episcopal church uh, on site where all these like graves from the 1600s are and stuff. Right. And he basically had this vision to restore the whole town. And so, you know who he got on board? 
one of the Rockefellers oh, at the time. Do it. Yeah. So literally the richest people you know in the world at the time sure. came on board. And they restored this. It's been about a hundred years now. They restored this entire community. So Colonial Williamsburg is its own thing, and it is. And they worked with historians, and you know, have they're still excavating artifacts and all kinds of things. But like they have literally made it to basically what it was like, except huh. the buildings have electricity and things like that inside. But otherwise, they're exactly built as they were, and so it's it's really cool. But yeah, yeah, all about and the you met you met an archaeologist. So at the site, they had, they were, there was a lot of tours going on. So they had like a little table and they had some of the artifacts they found. They found like 130,000 artifacts on this site. Okay. And so, um, my wife and I are just kind of walking around and kind of waiting our turn and, and walk up. And so, um, it's one of the archaeologists from, I believe from William and Mary, but at least the Colonial Williamsburg Foundation. I don't know if they're working together or not, I'm assuming, but, um, yeah, she was great. She was telling us all kinds of stuff and showing us what they found. And we're just kind of looking, you know, and it's so funny. She goes, well, I don't mean to, I'm probably boring you guys, you know? And I was like, no, like, actually yeah. I'm super interested in this stuff, you know? Yeah. And she was kind of like, oh, why? I was like, well, you know, I've done some work with the, you know, Let Freedom Ring Foundation, you know? She was like, oh, what do you, she just kept kind of asking. Cause I don't want to be right. Feel like you walk it up and going, I'm, I'm a comedian, you know, like you just yeah. don't. I was like, well, I wrote a book, and you know, she's like, what book? And I was like, I told her, she's like, no way, you wrote not so black and white. She knew, she knew she the knew book. She the book, bro. She hadn't read it yet. You found the fan. But she goes. So I spoke at an Episcopal church the next day, and she goes to that church. Yeah. And so she knew all about because they're one of the sponsors of all the events okay. and stuff. And so yeah, we connected and saw our church the next day. We did a forum at the church as well between services. And um, you preached at the Episcopal church. I did. You did your 12-minute sermon. I did, yeah. So I had between 12 and 15 for two services. And oh, I did, they gave you a window. I did 13 and 14 minutes, respectively. Did you see a countdown clock, or were you just like that? Oh, I like took my that? phone. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I, I time my sermons every week to make sure I don't go over, so. Did you wear a robe? I did not. Okay. Did not. I sat, We really enjoyed it. I sat out in the crowd, and they were very, very nice, and we had a That's great time. Great. Um, I mean, super hospitable and, and just very encouraging. It was awesome, so. Yeah. So how did you, did you feel like a lot was left unsaid or do you go like, you know what? 14 is my new well, I've wheelhouse. Already, I've already come down in the last year now. I'm a 30 minute preacher. I used yeah, to be but at 45. That's half of like Correct. Four, yeah. 14 is going I mean, from big, 45, sometimes even 50 down to 30 has been a big change, Yeah, but I feel better about it. I think we're going to get to the point where you just say amen and we're out. Like, it's just like, well, hey, they, thanks so much for coming to church. Hey guys, Let's get to Cracker Barrel. Hope you had a good time today. Um, you know, they read so much scripture as a part of their liturgy and, yeah. and the lectionary for, you know, so there's so much that's been read uh, by the time you get up. And I'm reflecting on one of the, on the main gospel passage of the okay. day. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a, it was so fun because I told them, I was like, I told them at the in-between discussion, people came, they kind of want to know about our church, uh -huh. you know, what it's like and what's different. What's And they were talking a lot about the differences in our area mm -hmm. um, in terms of, like, almost everyone we met there was kind of a political moderate. Yeah. Like, you know, they're... they're you're like, what's that? Yeah, they were like... <laughs> How's that work? And they knew, they were like, oh, you're, oh, wow, yeah, you're yeah. kind of, you know, right. and, and even some who had, like, moved here and... Uh -huh. and and so I'm not getting political. I'm just saying it was just interesting to, to find no, people sure. in another region who were seeing things, you know, differently than mm -hmm. sort of the. It gets very extremist very quickly, one way or the other, in, in a lot of places in America. And I think we're we're living near some of that. But, um, but they would ask. And I was like, well, here's what's funny, guys. I mean, we preach in our in our churches. My grandfather, Pentecostal preacher, he might preach an hour, hour and fifteen. Uh huh. Totally normal. Yeah, they're like you that's know. a week of sermons for us. Yeah. 
I was like, so, and, and it's not, for most of my ministry, uncommon for me to go 45. And they were like, how much, did, how much do you think people absorbed of that? You go, about 14 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's true. It's really true. Yeah. Like, haven't you said that before, that like all the sermons you've preached, and back in the youth pastor days, you'd say like, you'd ask the kids that, that grew up in your youth ministry, you'd be like, how many sermons do you remember? Yeah. And like, they could remember like one or two like object lesson right. things you did. Oh, yeah. Like gimmicky. I mean, when you broke the... The, what was the thing? The the light? I broke the, the green light thing yeah. inside of the bubble wrap. The survival light. But they didn't know the light was in the bubble wrap. They just thought I was breaking bubble wrap and it lit yeah. up in my hand. And the whole thing about like God has to break you sometimes right. to whatever. Or life breaks you, but it's how your light, I don't know, the light I gets out. I can't remember. The, it something. <laughs> God plays with bubble wrap. He likes the noise. <laughs> I don't know what the. We just skip all the, <laughs> yeah. the analogies. Yeah. I mean, it's humbling in that respect. That's one of the reasons I try things differently now. Uh-huh. Like, you know, but because, you know what they say, Johnny, people don't remember everything you said, but they remember the way you made them feel. Who, you know who said that? Uh, well, it's been attributed to more than one person, but Eleanor Maya, Roosevelt, Maya Angelou. Okay. That's what I think. That's what, who I think said it. Yeah. <sighs> I'm a poet laureate. Do we have a, we still, we do have a poet laureate because she spoke at the, uh, isn't she the poet laureate now? Yeah. She spoke at the inauguration for yeah. Biden. So she's young. Yeah. Very young. Yeah. But. For years, it was Maya Angelou, right? For like a couple of decades, you I know, think. I'm not up on my poet laureate. You know, would you? History. Is that something you never aspired to? Um, did you ever no, write? I applied. Did you ever write poetry when you were? Oh yeah, like, I wrote poetry before I wrote songs. Okay, I didn't know this. I don't remember this side of John Dreyer. This was all the girls, right? Uh, no, it was just mainly as a kid, I'd write stuff, but mm-hmm. um, it yeah. was awful. But oh come on, yeah, no limericks. No. All right, fine. I, my one children's book I wrote is oh that's true it's it a, it's, it's a yeah. um, and I'm still excited about that book so I think you should be when is it gonna... well we pitched it to a publisher yeah. and they were like if I told they you said, this, me pitch it right back they said oh here catch <laughs> um, <laughs> and they were like uh, well one publisher really liked it and they just kind of mm-hmm. then one day decided not to yeah not the content they just kind of faded uh, and then another one they were like we felt that this was too didactic Oh, no. Do you know what didactic means? I don't think I do. Because I had to go. I knew it from my education di- days, but I was like, I need a, a children's book being didactic. Right. I had to go, which I didn't use the word didactic in the children's book. No. I didn't do that. Because nothing rhymes with it. And so I went, right. And so I went and looked it up, and it means like to teach a lesson, basically, to inform. Right. So my agent was like. Like the well, lessons were too obvious? I don't I don't know. You don't want to tip your hand that you're teaching a lesson well, along the way? Well, it had a real, like, so that's the true story of a blah, 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 blah. So it has, like, that oh, right. that feel, you know, at the very end. And the end. moral is. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's what and my agent was like, isn't that They want what, you to kind of be more, a little bit more. I don't know. Uh, hide your hand a little bit like, with isn't it. Isn't that what children's books kind of yeah. do? Like, don't mm-hmm. they teach? I mean, which made yeah. me feel good that someone else felt that that was. And that might have been a nice way of saying, we don't think this book would sell because no one knows who you are. I mean, that's that's the general feedback. But huh. and that's that's fair. Do you think kids are that savvy though that they're like, this better not be teaching me a lesson. Right. This is a bit didactic. Yeah. I if a kid ever said didactic Oh my gosh. That's that's a huge red flag for your child. Oh yeah. It's like if a kid wants to take a nap, mm Something's going on. <laughs> You think they want to like get into mischief? I don't know. Tomfoolery. Yeah, I'm gonna head off to bed. You're like, you're six. Yeah. What's going on? Right. You're starting fires. Right. Something. Yeah. Right. You're in there. That's crazy. But yeah, take a sharpie to the sheets right now. Something. something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a red flag. Uh, A kid saying didactic, but I don't. I don't. To me, 
I mean, I guess there are there were always lessons, like even Dr. Seuss, you know, you yeah. the Grinch who stole Christmas, how the Grinch stole Christmas, the whole lesson. But that's, you enjoy that's, it along the way, but then it wraps it up with a whole thing of like, this is the moral. And that's what, that was my comp. Like, it was like, oh, I'm, I'm paralleling yeah. um, my, my comp, Johnny. <laughs> You almost said you almost said Mein Kampf. And mein I, Kampf I, sounds <laughs> totally different. No, no, Mike, Mike. So we say in the industry, a, not not a, a children, not a children's book. C O M P. Yeah, which not, is not a sponsor. My comparison. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, but that came out very quickly. <laughs> Your face because you wanted to say it because you heard it. That's so funny. Yes, not a children's book at all. And we do not recommend. The no, of Mein Kampf. We don't. Um, we don't. About that. Not. We're against it. Never will be a sponsor. Yeah, but but no, it was you know. I like, so I I think Little Fish Named Nelly needs to happen, and you self published it. Well, right? I didn't put it out. Per you put se. it out here. We in, did it here our for church our, community. Our, see, our graduating seniors. Yeah, yeah. So, and I've rewritten, and they've read it to their children. Probably, I don't know. Oh. I've rewritten it, like to shorten a few things and make some things, like because it's a. Oh, you're gonna have a look at it again. I had a look. I think I've improved it. Mm. Um. But not much. It didn't change much, but just shortened it a little bit. And I think about that sometimes uh, about re- re-looking at things that I've written now that I feel like I'm a better comedian. Like, oh, I bet I could write that to be funnier now. It didn't work as well then. I bet I can fix it. Yeah. And I was reading an article today about the guy from, is it Verve Pipe? They had their... There were one-hit wonders. They had The Freshman. Remember the song yeah. The Freshman in the 90s? And he was talking about having to make peace with the fact that he's a one-hit wonder. And he was talking about where his mind was when he wrote that song. He was just like, he literally said he was living in a storage unit because he'd been kicked out of his apartment. Wow. And so he had all of his amps and equipment around him. But he got this record deal because he had some underground like following in that area. And so this label like liked what he was writing, and they're like, "Keep keep it coming." And so he was writing these songs in a storage unit, wow, freezing, trying to like, and then that record went on to do really well. And then you have to top it, yeah. And then you have to, and he couldn't wasn't able to do it. And he was like, "If I," he goes, "Sometimes I listen to songs on that record and I cringe. Even the writing structure of the, I'm a way better songwriter now, but something about the way I wrote that struck mm-hmm. a chord with people." And so he's like, I'm glad that I'm not able to go back and tamper with it, even though I would really like to. Like, yeah. even now, he's like, I'm tempted to go tamper with it and apologize for certain lines in it. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. yeah. Like, the rawness of it is what connected, maybe? I don't know. It's interesting, because my daughter, you know, they just released 1989, Taylor Swift, Taylor's mm-hmm. version. Yeah. And she even said, you know, she's listened to stuff enough. She was like, you know, I, I forget her words. But it's almost like she missed some of the rawness. Of course. Well, and you know. Because the vocal's so much better now. Well, and we know why she's doing it. It's because she doesn't own her masters. Right. So it's a it's a money thing, and it's a I'm taking back my property kind of a thing. And the fans are all on board with it. But the and all way the new you, fans who only like the new stuff now get something from the past. But and, the right. way you heard something the first time yep. sticks in your mind, and it's hard to unlearn that stuff. Right. Um, it's interesting. It was interesting to hear a 15 year old say that. Yeah. I mean, she likes it, but you know, like there's an internet, there's a group that took off during the pandemic and I literally started following them on TikTok. and they're a brother sister duo. They're called Dury. They're out of, uh, Minnesota. And, uh, they, he just had this cool, and he had been in a band for like 10 years that was kind of going nowhere. 
and he started this little project out of desperation, living in the basement of his parents' house with his sister. I think he's in his early 30s, maybe, late 20s, early 30s. They had a song go viral on TikTok. Then they blah, blah, blah. And then that song, they put a few songs from that project out on Apple Music, and I, I got it. So I have it on my phone. And then they got some interest in like an indie label, I think. And they got a little bit of money together to do like a sweetened version of those songs. Yeah. And now that record is out. It's been released. And I do not like the new versions. Interesting. And they're better. But I remember the choices yeah. he made in instrumentation and even the vocal cadences can't change a little bit. And I'm like, oh. yeah. it's not like these, they're not good. It's just. And I wonder if people are hearing them the first time, it locks that locks in their brain as that's the right way to hear. It happens with jokes. You hear, yeah. you know, like if I'm do, if I do a joke that I that's been on a record and I'm doing it in front of a crowd that maybe doesn't know that joke, but like 20 people in the crowd may have heard it before. They'll be like, "Oh, you said it different." It's like you it's wrong. Like it's wrong to them because I took a breath here or I said a different word there, but it's like I'm just vamping a little bit. It's interesting, yeah. Because there have been times I've been at shows with you, and you've you've cut a tag, yeah, you know, or something, and I miss it because I know the joke is this, right? But you're, like, you're streamlining, yeah, you know or yeah, or I'm like, well, you don't understand that fifty percent of the time that tag doesn't yeah. land like you think. So you may, may your favorite part of the joke, but I cut it because you have to cut it. You, you have to be willing to do it because that makes room for one more joke that lands a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, if you cut that fifty fifty joke, now you have room. Whereas before, you would save every joke that got any laugh. See the loyalist in me. Yeah. Oh, I know. It hurts me too. It's like, oh, yeah. It's it's such a. Sometimes you got to push. You know, got to push your jokes out of the plane. You just have to be like, look, you've been good to me, but. And they don't have a parachute, John. I was gonna say that. This is a. I'm they're not gonna fly. They're. I'm. Mm-mm. You're dropping bombs. These on jokes are. It's not gonna be back. <laughs> <laughs> my jokes are like, I can't feel my legs. I'm like, you don't. You don't have legs anyway. <laughs> It's a dark, it got dark, but no, yeah, you you have to be a little bit ruthless if you want the show to be like wall to wall good. And what I guess I'm saying is, John, you got to keep working on Nelly until it's there. Um, I, I've sent mixed messages because I said basically, if you went back and messed with it, you might be ruining it, like the freshman. And now you're telling me, and now I'm saying maybe it's just not good. That's the hard part in art too. Is like sure. we all think we all know. That there are a lot of people who are super talented that haven't what quote unquote made it, uh-huh. and then we know there are a lot of people who are just like skating by on like favors from their father, and they just are they've been lucky. Yeah. But when we see someone succeed or not succeed, it's hard not to think, well, look, cream rises to the top. It it is what it is, or like it's a weird string. We know it's not always true, but it's hard not to hold yourself to that standard. No, I completely. That's the thing. There are some things that I don't push anymore. Yeah. Because I'm going, okay, that doesn't. I would write that differently. Mm-hmm. Um, my message would be different. Right. Um, like I have, believe it or not, I have like still. It's, a, it's are, almost why I didn't do the podcast, honestly. Yeah. Because of stuff like that. Being afraid of coming out as a, with a take and right. then five years later, not even feeling that way anymore. And now there's a record of that take. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I agree. But what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Uh, art, no, art quality. I mean, it's a, it's a, that one, I, st- I don't know, maybe I'm connected to, to my daughter and to my kids. Yeah. You know, my old youth group kids. On that one, but yeah. for some reason, you know what I ought to do? Right. You're, you're going to love this. Oh boy! I should take seven minutes and read it on the podcast. Not today, some other time. Yeah, and let listeners tell me of, and just, of you know, Nelly. Like, yeah, because like I it's think it's a, good. It's a good. It's an easy story, and it's a 
And we could put a little uh, website down at the bottom. They could buy the book if they want. Well, I don't have any way no, to even get we, that book anymore. We go, listen, we go <clears throat> the guerrilla marketing with this thing. Maybe they decide they want this to go viral. You know what I'm saying? And they start, we, there's a clamoring, a grassroots clamoring for a little fish named Nelly. But I, I, that's the thing about it. And this is what gets me because this is not my way. I'm a pretty emotional guy, but mm-hmm. like I cry almost every time I read it out loud yeah. to somebody. Like I'll get on the phone with the publisher and I always ask him, can I read it to you? Uh-huh. Instead of you just getting it like, because you know, it's, it's got a, a cadence like Dr. Seuss's. I mean, it's not anywhere on Dr. Seuss level. I'm saying it has a cadence. And so I want to make sure I'm telling yeah. it gets across as I want it to. And there's a couple places I get. And I think, again, I feel because it's, it's a, you know, well, it's linked to your real emotion. So you're remembering that emotion that's linked I'm, to when you wrote it. Or I'm seeing my daughter or I'm seeing because there's especially a moment when the main character is on their. Yeah. Their sojourn. So it's not saying? about a real fish is what you're saying. Well, actually, it is about a real fish. That's the that that's the twist. People don't you can't say it. Uh, but no, there is a twist. There's a twist. Oh, there's a twist. Because and that's why I did some rewriting to make sure that the twist at the end. Yeah. Makes sense all the way throughout. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, now they're maybe intrigued. It'd be a quick, maybe come, next week. John. Come back next week for yeah. a random reading from John's yeah. children's book. I love it. Uh, in the meantime, John, we're going to go back into the past. Oh. Uh, all the way back this week in history. It's a segment we call Talk About Then. John, the first U.S. Christmas stamps. Uh, go on sale this week, 1962. They depicted a wreath, two candles, and the words Christmas 1962. <laughs> Here's the part that you'll find interesting. Legal actions by groups citing separation of church and state were unsuccessful, and over one billion stamps were sold. So people came out saying this huh. was separation, like just for having a wreath and candles. That said Christmas people, 1962. People freaked out. That's interesting. And they were overridden and whatever, so... Uh, I guess because the word Christ is in Christmas. I guess. I suppose. It's interesting. 62. That's interesting. Uh, the first hydrogen bomb explosion, John. Mm. November of 1952, the U.S. explodes the first hydrogen bomb at, I'm going to get this wrong, Anahuatak Atoll in the South Pacific. The force was that was 10 times that of an atomic bomb. I didn't know that. Hydrogen bomb. Hmm. 10 times yeah. the uh, force. Um. So, I don't know what to drive from that. I don't remember that, obviously. It was 1952, but I don't know. Wow. Have we used hydrogen bombs in war? Do you know this? Okay. John, uh, the first president, moved into the White House this week. Uh, Do you want to guess which president it was? What year? I'm not going to say, because you're going to know it right away. Hold on. Do you know the first president to move into the White House? Uh, The first president to move in the White House, I'm going to guess... Was Jefferson. John Adams. Oh, it was one of them. So Washington's the only U.S. president who did not live there. I just thought, because again, they were, well, okay. That makes 18, that makes sense. There's 10 years between November the November 1st, 1800. The, uh, uh, he moved into the, well, at the time it was known as the president's house. It wasn't known as the White House. Uh, but yeah, Washington was the only, yeah. where did, he just lived on his farm, I guess. He was like, I got it. Uh, no, he was the, remote. The, well, the, yes, but the, the capital work. was in New York. So okay, um, so then the you know if you, well you've seen Hamilton I have but you know the the great compromise of the but if it's not wrapped to me I don't understand history anymore you know what, actually hold on because they didn't, we didn't have a president before the ratification of the Constitution with the Articles of Confederation so I'm trying to think 
since we didn't have a president, mm-hmm. when he became president, my guess is he was temporarily ooh, because they moved it. From, that was the whole he he threw New York under the bus and oh, yeah. moved the capital to the south to appease the Southerners because there was already oh the, really the I didn't okay wow yeah that's the tension that's why Jefferson the slave owners. They wanted the capital in the South and not in the North to switch their power, which we don't consider D.C. to be a southern city to us today. But yeah. it would have been considered that then. Um, yeah. Huh. John, uh, this week, 1512, hmm. uh, Michelangelo unveiled his masterpiece on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican. He had begun working on it in 1508. Wow. Yeah. Four talk, years. About, talk about getting it right. This guy. Sistine Chapel. He's been some time. Sistine Chapel. Why is that not a? Anyway, uh, yeah, Michelangelo. That's uh, it's the is that the one with the the fingers and the yeah. touching? Yeah, God and the creation of yeah. Is that what's happening? Yeah, and you know, and I've seen the, some of the stuff on it where he literally laid on these scaffolding. Yeah, like what I don't on know, his back and you know, sixty feet in the air or whatever. I mean, just just crazy. So meticulous. Have you ever painted? Did you ever get into the arts? Art in high school, but... Where you, you didn't have No, any, not a great... You were not, a, not could, an aptitude for it? No, I mean, if you got into, like, some of the... I, I'm not saying paint by numbers, but, like, if, if you gave me a technique for, like, a landscape or for a building or whatever, uh-huh. then I can probably reproduce it, but that's more like... That's a tracing, John, what you've described. No, I, I could make it, but I can't, you know, I don't have that artistic eye to go do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not very artsy, Johnny. Uh, the Vatican reminds me of this, uh, when to the Vatican and then art, there was a video about, this was a documentary years ago and it's on YouTube still. If you ever go look it up, it's about somebody who had, uh, he was what's called an autistic savant, kind of like what Rain Man was where they have like diminished, uh, mental capacities in one area of their life, but then they have like this one thing they're a savant at uh-huh. like math or, right. This guy was like had a photographic memory and a, and a talent for art, and he was nonverbal. I, I remember it. I think he was nonverbal. And they took him out in Rome and flew him around in a helicopter for an hour, and then they came back and he drew the Roman landscape. Wow! And they said he even knew like he knew so many. It was a huge like piece of butcher paper that went like wall to wall, and he drew the city. And he was getting, like, the number of windows correct wow. on these big buildings. It was insane wow. to watch. It's a really an interesting video worth watching if you look it up. It's uh, autistic, uh, I don't know, draws I've seen Italy. It. Or, it's yeah, really I've interesting. Seen it. yeah, it's really... Okay, John, finally, Dr. Crawford Long, born this week, 1815-1878. People didn't live as long back then. American physician, he performed the first operation using ether for anesthesia. Wow. So he kind of... This was big because I guess back then you just were like, yeah. bite down on this piece of wood. Like this bottle of whiskey. and Yeah. yeah. Uh, he used ether during the removal of a neck tumor. It was his own. No, he didn't. That's, uh, that's a weird. Hold on. Uh, he passed out. No, no. He, uh, he administered sulfuric ether on a towel and simply had the patient inhale. So it wasn't like a. He just was like, breathe into this, and then we're going to hope for the best. I, I don't know how. They, hopefully, there wasn't a lot of patients where he's like, that was too much. Right. They, no, uh, yeah, the experimentation, that's, a, that's not a you don't want to be, yeah. exact titration of meds. So. Long had observed that some who participated in the ether frolics, uh, that's what it's in quotes, ether frolics, 
were either that were popular at the time experienced bumps and bruises, but afterward had no recall. Maybe that's those people who are abusing it, maybe because they're calling it ether frolic. So uh, I need to look that part up and see like what that meant. That's probably like these guys who are huddled together taking drugs. So they were they were getting high on it, <laughs> but he noticed that they had bumps and bruises when they were high, but afterward they had no recall of what had happened. So he postulated that diethyl ether ether. Uh, <laughs> produced <laughs> effects similar to the anesthetic effects of nitrous oxide described uh, in 1800. The word anesthesia is from the Greek for without sensation. Huh. So that's what anesthesia. Wow. There's your Greek history. You pastors love that stuff. Oh, we love it. You know? Did I tell you that we have a, uh, there's a girl on the volleyball team at school and her mom and dad, well, they're, they're Greek. And okay. so, um, like literally, I sat the other day at a volleyball game and tried to f- figure out how many Greek words I could. Oh right, and yeah. they're like, yeah. And we, she would pronounce heard. it correctly. Oh, you mean? And yeah. she'd say it. I was like, wow, this would be really helpful. You need her for, there to correct you. Yeah, because Google rebuke not you. No, getting it done. How? Tell me this about anesthesia, though. Have you had an operation before with yeah. anesthesia? Yeah, like you've gone under. Oh yeah. And don't remember what what was it? I don't even. Is you want to do you want to tell the audience? Is it private? No, I remember I had that lung issue last right. year. So they put you under for that. Oh yeah, scope. it was a bronchoscopy. Um, like I was coughing up blood for several yeah. days and stuff. But yeah, I remember it's funny. We came in. Uh, we were at the hospital, and I was laying there pretty nervous because we had this mass yeah. that we were seeing on a scan. It ended up being scar tissue. Everybody, it was such a blessing. But um, so um, the uh, pulmonologist came in. Yeah. It was really, really early. He's like, well, how'd you uh, sleep last night? I was like, eh, not very good. He goes, yeah, me neither. And then he just turned around and started walking. Oh, he was wow. like, I'm just kidding. And he turned around. <laughs> I'm back. sharp as a tack. I was like, it was so funny. I was like, that's. Um. I do. When I used to do like, cause I, had, I was one of those guys that did not go to the dentist for about 20 years. Yeah. And that's not great. No. But, you know, we were broke. And so we finally were like, hey, it's time to fix our teeth. And then the dentist was like, don't do this. Don't put this off yeah this is what's going to happen and i needed like five crowns and all this crap so a million fillings so in the process of that my teeth my gums were so jacked sure. that like even a cleaning would just it was awful yeah. so they would have to like give me laughing gas oh and so i remember one of the last which my last few dental appointments have been great i've been getting gold stars and lollipops they don't give you lollipops that's mm-hmm. a little bit counterintuitive to dentistry but Choose something from the drawer. It's like a bunch of fun dip. Okay, so <laughs> tobacco products. So I go, sure, uh, you give me the gas. And so he go, as he's turning it on, he goes, all right, uh, I'm going to start you. I can't remember what he said. I'm going to start you at Waylon, and I'm going to crank you up to Johnny Cash. You just tell me when you feel it. I just thought that it was interesting that Johnny Cash was the high end of the. That's funny. Yeah. And he did. He cranked me all the way to cash, and I was I was not feeling it. I was still aware that people were drilling, but yeah. I was just like, "This drill sounds funny." These guys. I wasn't doing... laughing though, so it wasn't funny to me. But I get why they call it that. Wow. Because you wouldn't want somebody giggling. That would be interrupting. Of right, laughing process. gas. If you're actively if you're really laughing, like laughing, they'd be like, "All right, this yeah. guy's he's gone." No. You yeah. need them to be like very docile though and mobile. Docile, yeah, and hostile, agile, missile, fragile. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I uh, recommend it. I recommend the nitrous. I wish I could just. I guess it's the closest thing. I don't. 
I don't, you know, I don't really uh, imbibe. I'm not a drug person or an alcohol person, but that was, uh, I remember thinking like I could get like the, I remember feeling I could feel like a pulsing from my arm out into my fingertips and back like huh. a vibrating. sense. I was like, I don't hate this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know how to describe it. Well, I was like, do yeah, I have superpowers now? People don't get hooked on drugs because it doesn't feel good. You right. Know what I'm saying? So I hear um, well, I've told you the story about when I had a tooth extracted, a uh, wisdom tooth extracted, and then the tooth next to it had to be extracted too. And I was on the gas, and I couldn't feel anything, but I remember hearing him. And then all of a sudden, I hear him go like, oh, and he was breaking it off into pieces and removing oh, the pieces. Dear. And I didn't feel it. But he put his leg up on the armrest, and I felt his leg go, or his foot go right next to where my arm was to wow. get leverage. That's how much this tooth was just in there. And I just remember thinking, like, well, that's odd. He shouldn't have to. <laughs> He's really in there. We know Laura, when she had um, her brain surgery, mm-hmm. she was awake. Yeah. Uh, well, she wasn't supposed to be awake. Oh. And so one of them, they had given her. That's how we figured out one of these meds does not put mm-hmm. her under because she has a, a high tolerance. Yeah. And, like, she's a nurse. So she's laying there. She's asleep or whatever. But I guess she heard something that triggered her. Right. So they're. There, and they, it was not a, a like a traditional surgery, so they're in her femoral artery, and they're you know doing the work and like they would a a stent or something, right? And so you know, pretty pretty exact work that you don't need to move. And yeah, so you don't need to. The doctor asked the nurse for something, and uh-huh. Laura goes, "Got it!" And like started to reach up to like oh. hand him the thing. They're like, "Oh gosh!" So they had to change wow. the anesthesia and put her under more. So she tried she, to help with her was, own brain surgery. That'd be something, right? And she's a helper. She's a two. That is. Yeah, but you don't want to do your own. You don't want to do your own brain surgery. No. I even I know that. Yeah. I mean, uh, she was helping the doctor. Even, even my, she was even with my <laughs> tiny brain, I knew that much. Oh my goodness. Sheesh. Well, I don't know. We appreciate your brains, dear listener. Yeah. Uh, thanks for giving us 50 minutes of your time today. Which, Johnny, we do need to answer one question from a, a oh, listener. Oh, do we? It, it, yeah. So, uh, this one... Oh, I think I got this It's one. a fair question. Yeah. You know, because, you know, we just assume sometimes everything we say goes off without a hitch, right? Mm-hmm. You assume that, right? No. Okay. And so um, there was a, a dear listener who reached out and said, I just don't get uh, help. Yeah. I just don't get the 90108 joke yeah. about Dawson Creek. I thought we kind of explained it by me singing it. But evidently, maybe the person, because I responded. I responded. Oh, did to you? That. You didn't copy me. Well, yeah, I didn't respond. I didn't copy you, but I responded to them. And once I explained it, they got it. Okay. Because she was trying to figure out, like, is this? Because is it's not in California. And that's why it's, you know. Is that? Does that have anything? I said, no, it doesn't have anything to do with it. There's a song by an artist called Paula Cole. It was a big hit. And they used the song on Dawson's Creek every show. Yeah. In some heartwarming moment, the two lead characters are about to kiss, and this song would be playing. And it was, I don't want to wake for a life to be over. That was the song. And so that song became a big it hit. It sounds like 90108. 90108. So that was the joke is that yeah. 90210 is the. Yeah, the, the zip code for and Beverly Hills. And why you the comedian for the perfect joke. And of course, we know that Dawson's Creek is nine hundred one hundred eight. That's great for our lives to be over. Anyways, so that's why the joke is funny. Well, I'm glad and that's you why, That's why it was worth my twenty dollars Venmo. And uh, I feel like I need to send him more money now because now I've used it for content. Yeah. Although I've given him the I can't remember his name. So wow. Yeah. That's convenient, isn't it? I'll tag him in the notes. We call that um, yeah hacking. Um, is it? No, hacking is like when you. I didn't steal his passwords. No, you hacked it. You're a hack. 
I'm not a hack, Johnny. I gave him full credit, but, except for the except name. for his name. Yeah. <laughs> The twenty dollars was so that I could make content with it. You're welcome. <laughs> this, this, this was a, a legal transaction. Oh man! Uh, you know what, Johnny? People could support the podcast for twenty dollars. That's actually one of our support <gasps> levels. That would be so great. We love it when people support us. Yeah. Uh, you can go to our website, talkaboutthatpodcast.com. Click on that link in the upper right hand corner. It says support. Right? It say support. It does. And then the bottom right-hand corner has a little voice bubble and that's how you send us an email to say like hey love the show hey hate the show hey right why that outfit whatever you want to say you yeah. can say those things and you can see us if you want to several of our youtube episodes have they've started getting like big time views which yeah. we're very excited about we're picking up a little momentum there yeah so maybe you go and help out with that uh, yeah you can subscribe by the way that would really help subscribe click to our button, youtube click channel. the little bell where you get notifications when we release yeah. a new uh, video and uh you can see our ugly mugs every yeah. every single week. Yeah, we do that. So you check yeah. out JohnnyW.com, J-O-N-N-I-E, because, man, the tour dates are piling up left and right. Well, they're not like a pile. snow drift. They're piling up. It's like, be like we, were talking about the, we were talking about the dust bowl. Yeah. Know? It's like dust bowl on the side of a house. It is. It's a man-made disaster of my well, own making. Johnny's. I only have myself to blame. That's right. <laughs> we need government intervention to stop it from ever. I over-farmed my career. <laughs> Anyway, you can go to Am- Amazon.com, search for John Driver. But not, John, John but, C? Well, you can, but just, just remember, you're, you're going to get a Mennonite theologian named John Driver, and that's he's not, way smarter than me. No, John. And he's written, it, he writes Christian books, but that's he's false older. humility. Is, no, he's he wrote like on the atonement of the church and stuff. Like, oh, I haven't. Well. You'll know mine because they'll be yeah. you know, less heady more, yeah. There's more and less better selling. Yeah. Yeah. There's places to color in the... <laughs> <laughs> I do have a fully illustrated yes. satire book. Oh, yeah. That's right. Called The Ultimate Guy for the Abbot Indoorsman. Get a copy of that. You I actually saw it on ChristianBook.com last week for 49 cents. They were running oh, a sale. Well. I wonder if it's still there. I'm not sure. Check it out. ChristianBook.com, Abbot Indoorsman. Oh, you're wanting people to go get it from there. Well, yeah. It's like when they discount on Amazon. That's, May as well. Uh, do it to it. Go for it. Get I'm your not going to make stuff, any money off of that anyway. Stocking stuffers now. <laughs> Man. Guys, it means a lot that you listen with us and to us every week. And so we'll do it again next week. I want to talk about that. to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.